0: To make your fantasy a reality. With the help of the crew over at Fantasy Insider and the boys at Woot and Wise. This is DFS Down
1: Under. Welcome to another episode of the DFS Down Under Podcast. I am Josh Y.
2: Josh Wood here as well.
1: What's going on, buddy?
2: Um, yeah, fantasy was all right last week. In a in a in a weird week, yep. um, in the NFL, fantasy still kind of remained steady. It wasn't the play, you know, the players that were meant to perform performed. The I players think players that went off
1: like, were the bigger names. Went, yeah, there weren't too many surprise names that went off. Um, I think mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen uh, went off with Case Keenan. That was probably the most surprising sort of result. Yep. Um, but apart from that, a lot of the studs had had good weeks, and yeah, a lot of the duds had dud weeks. But uh, uh, we both sort of won some money this week, but no one more than uh, Daryl Dada or Dada Daryl. I think I, I keep going back to your one that you suggested to me back in week two. I keep getting Daryl Dada, despite Dada Daryl preferring Dada Daryl. No. Um, from Fantasy Insider, he uh, he cleaned up in Moneyball in week three. Um, so please check out Fantasy Insider, the trusted tools used by Australia's daily fantasy sports players. And we're going to do things a little bit different this week. Given Daryl's success last week, we're going to start the show by getting him on the line. All right, joining us uh, on the line is Dada Daryl after a very successful uh, week three. Uh, As we look ahead to week four, uh, how are you feeling after a a successful week, Daryl?
0: Oh, feeling good. Yeah, it's a good weekend. Um, so, not many times you stick in one lineup and that one lineup wins. So, I can't complain about that result at Moneyball.
2: Um, I was just asking why. Yeah. I wonder how many lineups you put in. You put in one.
0: I had one at Moneyball and I had one at Draft Stars. Brilliant. Wow,
1: that's a that's a very good success. <laughs> success rate. We haven't quite got into some of the hits and misses uh, that we mentioned on the show last week. So, obviously, Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan performed quite well. Uh, Carlos Hyde for you, uh, Woot, performed well. Uh, Chris Carson, in terms of draft stars, returned good uh, ROI. Chris Thompson, who I mentioned, had a, had a massive game. Um, Devante Parker got that last-second garbage time. God bless garbage time in fantasy. Um, and then uh, Zach Ertz, Ben Watson, and Jared Cook all did well at the tight end position. Fortunately, some of the whiffs, J. performed terribly. And then Baltimore's defense, I had so many lineups of that, and I was just... Before even Sunday had started, I was on minus four. It was just terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that one didn't go so well. <laughs> no,
1: unfortunately.
0: Um, the Oakland Raiders' defense did me a few favors. Those late turnovers, I thought I was going to get caught for sure by um, PK, who's one of the regulars in the draft starts chat. chat. Um, overtook me a couple of times. Then there was a the fumble recoveries and a lot of time wasting at the end of that Raiders game, um, which gave me the win. So I, was, uh, I can't complain about defenses too much.
1: No. Nah. Uh, yeah, I've... You know, it was bound to come to an end. I, I thought it, would, it was going to be this week for the Ravens up against the Steelers, but um, apparently, you know, in the UK, uh, things are a little bit different, and Blake Bortles is good in the UK and, and bad in in America. So uh, it's, a, it's a bizarre world that we live in.
0: I remember talking about Blake Bortles week one. I didn't think he'd actually uh, turn it on this week, but there you go.
1: Yeah, there we go. Uh, all right, so looking forward to to week four. What what stands out to you overall at, at any position really? Um,
0: it's a bit deja vu. So I think last week we talked about, uh, and in my lineup last week I had Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, um, that Seattle kind of combo. And I think at Moneyball again, I can't get away from them on the cruncher this week. Um, I, there's good obviously a good matchup. Um, and they're both predicted well, so I think they're going to stick throughout. However many lineups I end up putting in this week.
1: Yeah, I Doug Baldwin obviously questionable with with an injury, so whether he plays yeah. or not, um, you know, it comes up in the end. That's part of the benefits of you know being awake late and waiting <laughs> until kickoff to yep. to make any last minute changes.
2: Yeah, and you'll get value on Lockett and Richardson then. If um, yeah, obviously he can't go.
0: Yeah, exactly, and it could be an interesting one to watch. I think there was a couple of those last week as well, um, and we may well know more before. Sunday, you might not need to stay up till three in the morning, but hopefully we'll hear some news.
1: Yeah, there's another London game again this week, so you can stay up. You know, the I think I put it on Twitter the uh, hashtag Sunday No Sleep uh, crowd yeah. for uh, the NFL viewers. You just just ride the whole whole night through. Uh, Daryl, you've got a few questions about the dollar per point function on Fantasy Insider. Are you able to explain that a little bit more for our listeners?
0: Yeah, we talked about it a bit. I think a couple of weeks ago as well. So sort of the dollar per point, I think. Particularly when you're entering kind of cash game lineups, is a sort of big metric for me. You're looking to squeeze as many points as you can out of the salary cap. Um, but the the kind of contrast to that is, um, as I guess if you people play season long fantasy, would know, like, you'd rather get 30 points out of one player than 10 points from three players. And I'm sure you guys have played seasonal fantasy, been offered many of those kind of two for one, three for one t- trades where they say, okay, well, you'll get as many points back as this one guy. Yes, I know, but if I have that one guy, then I can play these other two as well. Yep. Um, and that kind of, I guess, holds true in DFS as well. Like, you, you want to have those big point scorers. So as you get towards the um, highest scoring and highest salary players, um, there's kind of a curve, and you're looking, at you, dollars per point becomes less important. It's more about just getting those points in your lineup. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. That yeah. makes sense.
2: <laughs> no, I think that's a, uh, you specified cash games as well, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. Right. Cool.
1: Uh, and it's also worth mentioning as well that uh, there's a lot of money up for grabs in the AFL and NRL grand final weekend, uh, obviously, and so that's that's a big selling point for the cruncher if you want to uh, just spend the entire weekend, just you know, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, just just crunching, crunching. <laughs> just crunching.
0: <laughs> yeah. Must be one of the biggest DFS, if not the biggest DFS weekend in Australia, mate. You got. 100 grand um, uh, big tournament for AFL you've got the 100k and 50k beat Wendells and beat Barrys at draft stars which are free to enter so you might as well have a shot in those um, and we put up an article on Fancy Insider today that to talked a bit about strategy if you're going to play one team in the grand final if you're going to play multiple teams and also how you can kind of best play those beat Barry beat Wendell competitions um, my advice generally is you just change one player um, but which player you change is a bit of strategy involved <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> That's always uh, always handy to know uh, Alright, so you mentioned the stack of, of Russell and and Doug Baldwin Looking at the, the running back position um, We haven't got into our picks yet But it seems like a lot of the rookie running backs seem to be the go this week
0: Yeah, I think there's a few of those that make sense um, the, the salary is uh, taking a bit longer to catch up I think on some of the rookies than they are on the more experienced players um which again, again coming down to dollars per point means you're gonna get more value there. But there's a couple of vet- veterans I like as well. Um McCoy shows up quite a bit for me this week. Um he's called Elliot for um Dallas, sorry. Yep. Mind length there. <laughs> and other a few other guys I've got kind of noted down here, Freeman, Cook, Crowell, uh, Murray. Uh, I think again there's quite a few viable options. Um and which ones you're playing will depend on, I guess, what kind of stacks you're playing, and also where else you're, how much salary you've got left over, where else you're trying to use your dollars.
2: Yep. Yep. Cool. Um, wide receiver. You mentioned Doug Baldwin before. Do you have any other options? I've, I've got, like, like what I said, we haven't gone through our players, but I've got uh, one player that I've had three out of the four weeks now. Um, but <laughs> in Larry Fitzgerald, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but do who, who else are you looking at? Um wide receiver other than the uh, um, the Seattle wideouts.
0: Yeah, um, Fitzgerald's on my list. Um, Julio Jones, again. Um, again, you've got potential about Matt Ryan. Julio Jones. Julio! <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> um, Cook, um, Brendan Cooks was in my mobile team last week. He'll probably show up again. If you're going to play Blake Bortles, um, it's, there's a couple of lineups that come out of the country with Bortles in this week. Um, I think you've got Lee possibly as a option there at wide receiver to go with him. Um, again, there's a whole bunch of players that you can kind of play in that middle tier. Uh, Brendan LaFell was what I thought earlier in the season. There was a lot of talk about him being like WR2 and getting a lot more, uh, seeing a lot more of the ball. And it hasn't really panned out that way so, so far. But I think the price he's at this week he's potentially worth looking at.
1: Yeah, and Tyler Eifert is out as well. So there's less competition uh, for the ball for LaFell. Yeah, and it's
2: players yep. like that that, you know, the ownership across, like, your competitions will be so low that he's, like, a
0: real difference maker. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I, It's always good to have one or two of those points of difference in there, um, especially as the tournament's bigger in size. Yep. yep. Uh,
1: tight end positions, sort of topsy-turvy. This Last... is the most difficult
2: position yeah. this year.
1: Last week it was, you know, there was a lot of options and we liked them, and then the week before we laughed at the position and, and, and the thought of playing two as a flex... Um, this week again, now it's like, it's, it's a little bit hard, like outside of the top two or or three guys, you either have to pay premium, but they have tough matchups. So Gronk and Zach Ertz have, have pretty tough matchups on paper, but then again, they are being some of the most consistent performers every week. So, um, how much do we read into those defenses being great against the tight end because they haven't really played anyone like Gronk or Ertz?
0: And Gronk seems to get his points regardless of who he's up against, right? I and mean, yep. he's one of those guys that you can somewhat rely on. He's not probably—he's got a chance of going crazy, but he's probably not going to let you down in any particular week.
1: No, exactly. Um, he's matchup—I think he's matchup proof.
0: Yeah, um, and I, Kyle Rudolph, I think potentially an option this week. I actually had him in the team last week. He scored not point nine, but um, <laughs> you can get away with one of those apparently. You know, winning team. Yeah, far right um, out. <laughs> I mean,
1: I had negative four on a defense, then I came second in one, so. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh, well.
0: Yeah, as long as you get the points somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, Kyle Rudolph, um, who else? You've got Walker, um, Jimmy Graham. Again, potentially that match is an interesting one. Um, Clay Rudolph, Grant Cook. Yeah, there's a few options there. But again, you're going to be somewhere around that kind of mid-level, right? And you either spend, get one of the premiums, or you're... Dollars for points suffers a bit if you take one of the middle-tier ones, but yep. you've got to pick someone.
1: That Seattle game's hard to ignore. Like, It's the biggest favourite. It's the only double-digit favourite this week in the slate of games, uh, and they're at home, Seattle, um, and there's a lot of question marks about their offence. So it seems to be the week to sort of buy up on, on Seattle, right, Josh?
2: Yeah. Um,
0: I have one interesting thought on that game as well, which is, and I noticed this when I was looking through, um, Brissette for the Colts um, gets included a little bit in the cruncher. And if you believe Seattle are going to go ahead in that game and potentially charge ahead, he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, and there's always a chance you could get one, two, three, throwing touchdowns, um, even if they're losing heavily. So uh, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting game in a few ways, that one.
2: Yeah. I, I'm finding it really difficult to judge the Colts and how they're going to stack up against anyone. And then Seattle... Wait, why and myself were really high on um, Seattle to begin the season. I think we're still holding out hope. They still they always seem to gel, and by season's end, they come they come home strong. But yeah, I'm finding it really hard to you know invest in Seattle at the moment. I invested them heavily last week, and they let me down, so I steered away from them. And then they you know they won you money, so <laughs> that's frustrating <laughs> me.
1: Yep, it's hard because Seattle always do this, and they but this is the worst that they've probably ever looked. But you know 13 point favorites at home when when you look at all the other matchups um it's it's hard to ignore vegas and what and what the numbers and the data tell us mhm yeah yep. uh all right yep, uh, so. yeah and then obviously looking at defense uh is there any that jump out at you this week no minus 4 please no more <laughs> minus 4 that that was haunting
0: i have my usual big list of defenses um <laughs> okay, it's hard to pinpoint any um, Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the higher-ranked ones, um, Eagles. Yeah, I've got the Colts on this list, which is an interesting one, based more potentially on um, positive scoring opportunities. Um, Panthers, Cowboys, Ravens. I think, yeah, yeah, again, there's a mix of sort of premium ones there that we expect to kind of have low-scoring opponents, but also cheap ones that have a potential for, i say, positive scoring opportunities.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, cool. There we go. Uh, any other games that sort of jump out at you in terms of matchups or you know close games that you think could could spur some really good stacks or, or scoring potential?
0: Um, if you're looking at what the teams are projected right, you've got the Falcons. Um, that Ryan Jones stack as potential. Um, Patriots always a Dane chance to go off, and it's a, what you're going to have there is Brady, possibly Cooks, Gronkowski, and get potentially there's kind of a three-way stack there that makes sense. Um, close games, it's hard to say. London, there's another London game as you say this week, and I think that's at Wembley again, and then the next two are at Twickenham. Yep. Um, and so the Wembley games sometimes I haven't actually checked the stats on this, but my gut tells me that there's been a quite a bit of scoring in some of the Wembley games. Um, It'll be interesting to see if. That holds true again this week, and kind of what the options are there. But of course, that does you no good in most of the big contests.
2: Yeah. on On the other hand, do you have any, uh, say, some of the big names that you're just avoiding because they're? Uh, I know I'm putting you on the spot here a bit, but is there <laughs> is there any uh, any players that you know their price is just too high and that like their return on investment is just not worth it?
0: Cream Hunt is probably still the most obvious of those for me. Yeah. Uh, I struggled to get him in any lineup. He, was he nineteen, eighteen, seven? I think yeah, he's like seven, that a draft yeah. does yeah. eighteen seven. Yeah. Um, uh, and you're basically at that point saying he needs to get almost twenty percent of the winning points, uh, which he could do. But I wouldn't be wanting to go all in on risking my one team or my five teams for that matter on him doing that. So, yeah. Interesting. Because um, like, he'll
2: he'll definitely be you know um, a sexy pick for they uh you know, yeah. for most of the public i think they um there's just so much hype around him at the moment that everyone wants him in his team but you know daily fantasy is all about value and what price you can get players yeah. so
0: and that's the other side of it right it, he's been hyped up so much by media and even in kind of fantasy circles that his ownership's going to be high as well so when you combine the fact that he's more expensive than i think he should be plus he's going to be owned by a decent portion of the field he's pretty unattractive to um, roster yeah yeah
1: it's a good way to look at it. I do still like Hunt in Moneyball, I just not Draft us. Okay. Um, until yeah, he's key for that. Yeah, until Hunt is like nine thousand, sort of Le'Veon Bell like money, then I then I am always going to lean towards playing him. But yeah, it's again, it always comes down to matchup and and what other pieces I can I can get. But uh, yeah, cool. Yep. Yep. All right, Dada uh, Daryl, thank you very much for for another. Uh, Week of analysis. Good luck again uh, next week and enjoy uh, the AFL and NRL Grand Finals. Uh, you got a, any tips for them?
0: Oh, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> tips for them. Uh, it's, it's a case of, for me, it's a case of thinking about game plan. So you're going to have, I think it's 7,900 opponents in the draft Stars 100K Grand Final Tournament. Yep. Um, and if you get a win out of 7,900, you pretty much need to have some kind of Unique scenario go your way, in my opinion. So, I, I think I, if you've got like if you can get a one in 500 scenarios, so maybe, um, maybe some key player, Sam Jacobs, or somebody gets injured um, or doesn't get enough, doesn't um, play as many minutes as you'd expect to. So, who's going to get the luck time instead of that? Um, Amazing. What kind of scenario can you build from there?
2: Yep. Putting you on the spot like that, breaking down the numbers, and then just going, Sam Jacobs. <laughs> That's the <He's> guy. Good. <laughs> He's
1: That's good. it. He's in every lineup. <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll wait and see. There's and, a few... Uh,
0: yep. Yeah. Sorry, there I you go. I was going to say, there's a few kind of weird pricing, um, what shall we say, opportunities in the um, grand final pricing. I think they've been rejigged a bit to kind of give people the ability to include more star players than they otherwise would in the AFL. Uh-huh. Um, so, so I think, yeah, for me, there's a little bit more luck going to be involved this weekend. Um, and as of always, is in a one game contest, but even more so than normal. Yeah.
1: Cool. I had good success in the NFL one game contest last year. And it was always just picking a random player to go off, um, Like a third-string wide receiver, or or a A Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, going with like (laughs) yeah, going with like two of the running backs on the same team rather than the starters from each. So, um, I think that's the type of strategy you need to go with.
0: And the thing with especially with the NFL scoring, like if you're going with a team that's pretty much all chalk or all kind of popular players. If you do win, you're going to be sharing it with five, six people. There's that many ties in those single-game NFL contests. Yeah. So definitely, kind of going with that point of difference gives you a much better return. Yeah, exactly. Cool,
1: cool. All right, thanks, uh, thanks, uh, Daryl, and uh, we'll we'll talk next week.
0: No worries. to you next week. And yeah, good luck everyone this weekend. Good, yeah, good weekend of DFS.
1: Yeah, yeah. look forward to it. Hey,
2: Woot and Why listeners. Are you always getting beaten by the pros on Moneyball and Draft Stars? I'll, I'll tell you, you are. Because Daryl, we, as we just spoke to, uh, he cleaned up. All he does is win. Yeah, all he does is win. It's time to level the playing field. Fantasy Insider has the best projections and tools in the game, used and trusted by Australia's leading daily fantasy sports players. Get the edge and win some cash in your NFL contest this weekend with Fantasy Insider. Sign up for free right now at fantasyinsider.com.au slash Woot. Again, that's insider dot com. dot au slash wooty. Yeah,
1: Sorry, I forgot to add the y on to the, uh, <laughs> link. So don't go to insider dot com. dot au slash woot to uh, fantasy. That's insider. just a pick of me. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, not good. why. If you want pics of just of Woot's nudes, just go to that website. Um, imagine if traffic's up on that link because of mm, that. All right, anyway, so we've spoken to Daryl about some of his uh, data and and what the Cruncher is spitting out. Let's just uh, go through some of ours. We we sort of hinted at some of the players that we like this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Daryl mentioned Russell Wilson. Um, he's on your list this week. Yeah,
2: so Russell Wilson and just the Seattle Seahawks as a whole, they, they look... Uh, a bit lost. I know there was the whole pro- protest situation. That must have been playing on everyone's mind, not yep. just uh, Seattle in particular, but they're going to come back angry this week. And there's no team in the NFL they'd rather be playing against to try to get their game back on track than... My
1: lowly Colts. The Colts. And His 32nd team in DVOA.
2: There you go. And uh,
1: Surprisingly 15th in defense, DVOA. <laughs> <laughs> go Colts! I know, go Colts! Like Pagano Hooker. knows what he's doing. That's Malik, a, he's Malik Hooker, how about that? <laughs> Get around him.
2: All right, um, yeah. No, R- Russell Wilson looks the goods. I think yeah. there's not much holding him back. And if this is a game where he wants to not, I don't want to say practice, but try to just write the ship, that's it. This is the game to do it. Yep. So, you know, saying that, if he doesn't, if he can't write the ship against the Colts. I'm a bit hesitant starting him moving forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's cause for concern. I like Russell this week as well. Um, I also like Carson Palmer this week. I know I've got burnt a couple of times mentioning him, but he looked good against against Dallas uh, on, what was it, Tuesday. Uh, But the 49ers' defense, they gave up 10.4 yards per attempt in that Thursday Rams, you know, Thursday Night Football Rams game. Um, And I like Carson Palmer. He's cheap on on Moneyball and on Draft Stars. So I think he has a favorable matchup against the 49ers. Um, Pretty much season on the line for them. If they lose this game, um, they're in trouble. And I I like Carson Palmer to to have a good game. Uh, I am a little bit concerned about their offensive line and and 49ers getting a lot of pressure. But um, you saw you can just throw it straight up to... Larry Fitzgerald and, and have success.
2: Good segue. Um, can we skip straight there?
1: We can go to wide receiver first. Yeah. yeah. All
2: right. I'm going wide receiver. And as I mentioned before, three out of the four weeks now, <laughs> I've mentioned Larry Fitzgerald. And so three
1: out of the four weeks, he's been great. Yep. It's just one week.
2: And the one week that we locked him up, I'm pretty sure he had the bad week. Was that oh, that week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Typical um, Wootenwire fashion. Yeah. Great. Um, the old curse. Yep. So... Wide receiver options in um, Arizona—they're—they're they're starting to pick up. Would you say JJ Nelson, Jeron, Jer- Jeron, J- JJ Nelson didn't Brown. have any
1: points uh, on Tuesday, but they missed on two deep shots, yeah. and one was just so close, and that would have been—that that, would have been ten points yeah. just there.
2: And Jeron Brown could have had nearly three touchdowns. He had one. He there was one that was called back for holding, and there was another one where he—he uh, he just he just stepped out of bounds, so yep. he could have exploded. So I mean. Larry Fitzger- an option. Yeah, so here's an option. Larry Fitzgerald is, I don't care if, if he's 55. The guy is, he doesn't drop anything. He, he pretty it's much catches everything he's thrown his way. And we saw um, against Dallas that he wasn't just the slot guy. He was catching everything. And yep. it's amazing. He's still got it. And he is, ever since David Johnson's absence,
1: stepped up. It's It's
2: just good It's just so good Hall of Fame Larry Fitzgerald
1: I'm just trying to think of how many players over a longer period of time I've enjoyed watching more than Larry Fitzgerald like and there was times before Carson Palmer arrived and after Kurt Warner where there was like four or five years where he had like Drew Stanton Max Hall um, Kevin Cole throwing the ball and he still produced and it was frustrating. It, it was frustrating yeah. to watch for for a while there, but it's so great to see Larry just beat Larry. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, all right, I like him as well. But this week, I, I, I'm I'm not sure about Doug Baldwin. I honestly not sure how if he if he is active how active he will be, whether he'll be a decoy or not. Um, Paul Richardson's a guy I've put in a few lineups um, this year, um, even season long fantasy as well. And he's paid dividends. He's been quietly pretty reliable. Um, he's a really good price on Moneyball at four thousand nine hundred. So if Doug Baldwin's out, Paul Richardson's a lock for me. Um, Tyler Lockett five thousand eight hundred as well on Moneyball. The prices have flipped a little bit on Draft Stars. So Draft Stars rate Richardson a little bit higher. He's nine thousand four hundred. Tyler Lockett seven thousand four hundred. So obviously, you know Baldwin is an obvious play if he's good to go and, and fine and practicing, but. I think you can really get a really great lineup if Baldwin isn't playing or isn't active, and you can lock in Richardson or, or lock it because he frees up so much cash somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, my other wide receiver that I like this week is Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I really like him. Uh, Oakland's 28th in pass pass defense rankings um, by adjusted yards per attempt, so they're getting beat long and they're getting beat deep as well. And they're they're a team that I. Uh, like Denver, especially at home, they're just so much stronger. And uh, one of the best in the business, Scott Barrett, um, who does really great daily fantasy analysis, he's got a chart from Emmanuel Sanders versus Demarius Thomas f- from weeks one to three. And Sanders has more targets inside the 20, more targets inside the th- uh, sorry inside the 10, inside the 20, and red zone targets. So um, he's got more air yards as well and more targets. So obviously Trevor Simeon prefers... Emmanuel Sanders when it counts, so I like Emmanuel Sanders this week, and he's he's a cheaper price as well.
2: Yeah, um, I think I'm not sure. I, I'm taking nothing away from Buffalo. Buffalo prepared really well for Denver, and they they really did do everything to um, just stop the Broncos from getting anything happening. Um, I like I like that. I I think that Trevor Simeon tries to go back to you know what was so success so successful just a week ago, and I think. Solid solid choice there, Joshy. Yep. Um Keenan Allen up against the Eagles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Mills has been bad.
2: No, it's not so much that he's been bad, he went up against OBJ, so he OBJ makes most people look bad, I think. Um I think Real talk. Real talk. Thanks. Um and making Eli look good, because he yep. was putrid. Anyway, Keenan Allen, uh at the moment Eagles have a lot of injuries. Um, which isn't common, and especially like, so many injuries that in one play they break in two different body parts. Anyway, <laughs> ridiculous. I just still don't know how that happens, but yep. You saw the second half of the uh the Giants game that they oh, started because I, to... I
1: was on the under and that was a bad beat.
2: Yeah, that was a bad beat. I'm sorry, mate. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, there is there is room to be had in that uh, secondary at the moment. I think. The way the Eagles play, they're pretty good in red zone defense, but they allow a lot of yardage. They really, they they're a real standoffish um, defense, and
1: yeah, they're they're 25th in pass defense, like in yards per game. Yeah. So
2: and Rasul Douglas is he's he's a good rookie. He he was playing really good against the Giants, except he he had that one pick that uh, Eli threw a deep for Brandon Marshall, but at the same time he was a huge culprit of allowing too much space in front of himself and that is that's where Keenan Allen thrives. Oh, yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see who lines up on who because Mills is Mills is very fast. He I think they'll put him on Keenan, but it's it's going to be interesting doesn't to matter. see how Keenan plays yeah. because Keenan is just uh they'll just they'll just utilize him in a different way which yeah. I think doesn't bode well for the Eagles. Yeah.
1: Safe floor for Keenan. Just you, you know, he's going to get double-digit targets every mm-hmm. week. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, some running backs now. Moving on. Um, we mentioned obviously the rookies are, are a good fit uh, this week. So Kareem Hunt. Um, obviously, we mentioned great price at Moneyball this week. Redskins uh, run defense actually kind of looked pretty good um, against the Raiders, but different beast. Kareem Hunt. He's just playing so well at the moment. But Dalvin Cook's price on draft stars and Moneyball. Is is a good price. Um, he's you know he's cheaper than Leonard Fournette by a considerable amount on draft stars, and he's probably he's getting a lot more usage and, and being used more in a, in, a, in a better offense there in Minnesota.
2: Yeah, who who would have known that? Um, I've just gone blank. Oh, Case Keenum would have been that uh, efficient. Wow, it was amazing. Yeah, good on him. Good on him. Uh, anyway. I don't think he'll have that level of success against the Lions this week, but Dalvin.
1: Well, we'll see Sam Bradford.
2: Dalvin's still getting so much usage, and yeah, he's being. He is pretty much being used in the way that Carolina want to be using um, McCaffrey, but yep. McCaffrey's just not being.
1: Well, and the Carolina can't seem to put it together properly. Yeah. It's, because they're not respecting the, You can't respect the pass when Cam Newton's whiffing a lot. Yep. It's weird that you have to respect the pass when case Keita's playing, but I not when Cam Newton's playing. <laughs> but here we are.
2: Yep. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll mention my two other running backs. LaShawn McCoy was also mentioned by Darrell. Yeah. Um,
1: they're going to run a lot, Buffalo.
2: That's what they've got.
1: That's all they can that's
2: do. That's all they got. And they're going to run it's it.
1: The best way against the Falcons, too, to keep them in the game, keep mm-hmm. possession. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, also, we'll go back to quarterback for two seconds. Tyrod Taylor has a high floor because of these running yards. Yep. He's high, if you want a, just a solid player that you know is not going to really let you down, he might not explode. There's pro- there is chances that he might explode. Who knows? Yep. But um, you want a high floor quarterback for a, a reasonable price, Tyrod Taylor's the go-go. Yep. Other running back, CJ Procise, point of difference player, um, cheap on both Moneyball and Draft Stars, 5000 uh, on Moneyball, six on yep. Draft Stars. Cool. Up against the Colts, who knows what they're going to do with their running backs? We're all saying uh, Chris Carson's going to um, start again. Oh, yeah, start knows. again and explode. But uh, who knows? Prosser might be the guy this week.
1: Yeah, and if Doug Baldwin's out, increased role in the passing game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, Darrell mentioned Ezekiel Elliott this week. I feel like he's a must-start. Um, I think in both formats, uh, given the matchup against the Rams, who for some reason can't defend the run anymore despite being really good at it last year now they have a quarterback and have offensive output their defense is lacking it's it's funny how you can't seem to get it all together um at the one time but we see so many teams do that where they're a defensive team for a few years they finally get a quarterback and then the defense goes uh and and vice versa but i like zeke this week i think he's gonna have a strong game and joe mixon i feel like against the browns could have a breakout performance seem to be the The go-to guy in Bill Lazor's new offense with the Bengals. Looking good, Billy. Billy Lazor. Bill Lazer's a good man. So, Mixon's really, really cheap on both formats there as well. So, um, there's six running backs for you to consider. Uh, The tight end position, Uh, obviously, Gronk and Zach Ertz are the two names at the top of our list for obvious reasons. For good
2: reasons. They're the two most consistent options at tight end right now. There's just... I think they're... You just you don't feel like one of them is going to let you down at the moment. No, where there's or every other option, you can see that there's huge potential and that they might explode. But I don't feel comfortable with any of them. Like I mean, Mercedes Lewis just went off in London. <sighs> he's fourth amongst tight ends in PPR format, and he's played. He's only scored in one game. He's only scored points in <laughs> one game. <laughs> That's the kind of mess we have we're in, a in position.
1: Yeah. So Gronk leads the Pats in targets by seven, and his percentage of team targets is at 23%, which is the highest of his eight-year career. So even while kind of flying a little bit under the radar because he's not having huge, huge games, because but he's still getting so many good targets. So he's a guy where he's, he's just... He's actually cheaper than Zach Ertz on draft stars, which is crazy when you think about it. Uh, And then Zach Ertz, obviously, his dollar per point value on lineup crunch is really good. He's the best tight end. Um, He's been super reliable. But Chargers are actually the seventh stingiest defense to tight end in fantasy, but then they're 31st in DVOA against tight ends. So that's, it's interesting that they're they're allowing a lot of yards, but they're not allowing any touchdowns to Uh tight ends. So that's, that's where the the fantasy comes up um, in terms of points. So they're, they're the, Three options. I think if you're going to go cheap, Eric Ebron this week against the Vikings are, is someone that I like. Um, they're not the best against tight ends. The Vikings, are
2: That's... I'll, I'll be honest. That scares the hell out of me. The Ebron and, oh, oh, it
1: does, but, man, Xavier Rhodes has shut down so many number ones, so it's like the Lions are like, how, how else are you going to attack them? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it might be worth... Um, going with uh, you know Ebron or, or Charles Clay or, or Cook or, or Kyle Rudolph, as Daryl said, but there's not too much out there at the moment.
2: Mm-mm. Cool defense. Championship. Um, wins um, championships. Defense wins championships. I'm going to flip it right here. We've got two. I've got two down here. Um, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave with one of them. Steelers against Ravens. I like Steelers this week. Uh, Flacco was garbage. Flaccid. No, that's,
1: <laughs> Joe no, that's Joe Flaherty. Joe Flaherty. You like fair. that? Yeah, I do like
2: that. All right. You like that? You like that? Great. Now that's stuck in my head, and I can't move. They forward.
1: lost. They look lost without Marshall Yander. They,
2: they really did. It's crazy. They really did. Um, our buddy Matt Bungard was so adamant that was the biggest loss ever, and we were like, you know, that, that was still no. Well, he was right. Yeah. They they really sucked. Yep. Um And didn't London love it? Bortles is now 3-0 over in London.
1: I think he's 2-1. Oh, really? I I feel like he's lost a game. I really think he's 3-0. Oh, okay. I have to double-check. All right. Anyway, doesn't matter. I don't know. He's the best quarterback of all time in London. Yeah. That's pretty fair to say.
2: Sir Bortles. Uh, (laughs) Imagine
0: he gets... (laughs) That would be be (laughs) a dream.
2: Another defense I like that I don't have down um, is Cincy going up against uh, Cleveland. Yep. They're... I know it was all about the offense getting back on track and things like that against Green Bay, but it's really no one's giving any credit to this defense that's keeping them in games. They are they are keeping them that's in true. games and Deshaun Kaiser's thrown three interceptions in his last two games, is
1: that right? Yeah, in both, yep.
2: So and going up against this defense that's just that I mean William this Jackson de- looks so good. He really does, and this this defense and just team as a whole is trying to right the ship. And with Bill Lazor, Bill Lazor is just like one of those coaches that just comes in and simplifies everything. And it's like, guys, it's not that hard. It's just you know X's and O's. This is how you do it. Throw it to AJ Green. Give it to Joe Mixon, your most talented running back. It's not that. It's not rocket science. And then yep. look, look how much better they played. Yep. Um, but this defense will feast on Kaiser, I think. Yep
1: few others I don't mind Seattle obviously against the Colts is worth it Uh, Jags against the Jets and then your Eagles against the Chargers Phillip Rivers is uh, just turning the ball over a little bit getting a little bit reckless late in games because he's always seems to be down uh, seven with a minute to go all the time Um, poor Phil but uh, they're they're the defenses we like this week and they're all the they're all the lines we like this week
2: that's
1: that's it that's it Uh, any final thoughts on week four hmm no, no. It's just uh,
2: uh, it's a it's a much better week than last week, I think.
1: And week three looked good, so it's starting to get better now. I feel like we're getting more data as well. Um, I think four weeks is a that only helps Daryl. I know it only it helps Daryl. Doesn't help He's us. Just... I didn't trust the cruncher too last week. Uh, it kept giving me Jordan, what did I say? It kept giving me Jordan Howard, and I was like, I can't do it. I just can't. And he scores two touchdowns, and I probably would have won uh, a couple of those uh, hail marys. Uh, not the $15 one, because Daryl killed that. <laughs> but the other ones that I went in, there was a couple of different ones that I went into on Moneyball. But, oh, well, as I said, trust trust the data. Trust uh, Lineup Cruncher, Fantasy Insider. Head to fantasyinsider.com.au and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye
0: has been the Punt Return. Don't forget to check out readingtheplay.com to get the winning edge on all sports and racing. You can also check out all bets mentioned on today's podcast online at WootNY.com. And make sure to follow each of the boys on Twitter at ThisIsWoot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at WootNY. And as
2: always, gamble responsibly.